Welcome to Collector's Quest episode 75. On this episode, Tyler and I go over the systems that are the most and least expensive to collect for. As I ask every week, if you like what we're doing, you like the show, please go to iTunes or wherever you view us and go ahead and smash that like button or give us five stars. However it is you do that, that's great. And if you can give us a review, even better, or shout us out. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. another edition of collector's quest hey cat how's it going what nope this is this is tyler i'm the new guy here oh hey long time listener second time caller cat no no oh, no she's not here at all i don't i don't think she's here she she left oh it's just me everyone's disappointed now they're all gonna say that you're cutting me off instead of cutting cat off it's gonna be real different around here yeah don't worry i'm gonna talk for 40 minutes you get 10 so just as long as you're cool with that we'll be good Everybody, this is this is Tyler. If you didn't listen to the last microcast, we went ahead and introduced him. Just a quick, rough introduction. Uh, probably could have polished that up, but I didn't. Sorry. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Tyler is here with us. He is our new host. Cat has not gone anywhere. I mean, she's not here, but she's still part of the cast. And now there's three of us, so we can get more casts out more reliably. That was my my solution to that problem. So Tyler is here. And, Tyler, what are we talking about today? We are talking about prices of full sets for systems, the most expensive and the cheapest. Oh, man, that sounds like a lot of numbers. It We've got a big old spreadsheet of numbers that we've taken from Game Value Now, which we'll go into the caveats of taking data from Game Value Now. But uh, we got how big the sets are and how expensive each set are and what the most expensive games for all the sets are, because that's kind of stuff you usually think about when you're collecting a set of games it's not just well i mean for most people it's yeah all right i want to collect the thing i love the thing i'm most nostalgic for but then when you're going for a full set it's like all right wait can i actually can i do that can i get a full neo geo aes set is that reasonable right and even if you're not going for sets it's an interesting point of data to have so you can kind of get a feel what we've done is given you a feel for like what the average price of these games are because a lot of times people don't even know they're collecting for sets and until they they know suddenly they have 50 games and they're like i'm gonna do this thing because there's only 200 and then they they're like oh my god how did this get so expensive so we'll kind of cut you off before maybe you get there we'll give you some it'll be some interesting points we're gonna say this data is directionally accurate for the most part but as we said there are a ton of caveats uh, as we tell you about every time we look at game value now or, or price charts it's just a lot of mistakes right tyler it is a lot of mistakes, and I just need to say, you always say price charts or something like that. It is price charting. That is oh. the name of the website. Well, why Why would you name it that? Why would you give it so many extra letters? I don't know why they named it such a strange thing. That's why we use Game Value Now, because of their weird price charting name. Yeah, Game Value Now. It also rolls off the tongue better than video game price charting. Not video game price. Is it video game price charting? I don't. I don't know what right. it's called. the The fact that I don't know is we could say it's my problem, or you know, marketing would tell me it's their problem. Are we gonna do a podcast about this later? 
look, I, I have a minor in marketing. I can tell you why extra long names are bad. And precisely for this reason is they become forgettable or easily confused. And then people won't get the the website down. Though I think it's just, what is it, vgpc.com is their thing. Oh, okay. That's good. And we got GVN. That's a nice, unique acronym. Everyone knows what you're talking about when you say GVN. I always just say game value now. Let's... Well, it's short enough. Is it short enough? It's kind of long, but there's not too many syllables, so you can get past it. All right. Well, that's the data we got to work with. Yeah. So, unfortunately, there isn't a lot of sites that collect data. So, while we are kind of roughing them up a little bit about this, I do want to say I appreciate that there are sites that do collect data, and they are just doing what they can, because there's not perfect information coming out of eBay or sales, and they have to create all kinds of weird rules to get the best they can. And we understand that. So knowing that, uh, so when you hear us talk about, oh, this data is bad or, or whatever, it's bad. And I don't necessarily think they can help all of that. I think there are definitely improvements they can and will make. But, you know, sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just don't have sales data. And a lot of this comes out on the obscure systems. Things like Nintendo, and tell me if you agree with this, Tyler, Nintendo is going to be locked in. Like that, you're going to pretty much be totally accurate with those ones. I mean, that's what people are buying and selling every day, unlike Sega Pico games, which people shouldn't be buying or selling every day. There is somehow a loose versus complete distinction for Pico, and I honestly don't even know what that means because I thought their games are little books. Well, they're, they, but they come in boxes. Oh, do you have a full Pico set? Are we going? Yeah, I have a full Pico set. All right, just need to get that out there. Great. Yeah, I, I do. I do have a full Pico set. It was the last Sega set I completed. Okay. Do you actually have a full set of every Sega game? Every console game. I don't have a full Game Gear set. I'm a few off from Game Gear. Well, maybe that will come up in the data today. Maybe it will. Maybe we should talk about Game Gear a little bit. But things like N64 are also going to be fairly locked in. Genesis is going to be pretty good. Super Nintendo is going to be pretty good. But that middle... That less defined middle that we always talk about in collecting, it's softer, so the sales and people aren't sure on prices, so it gets a little wonky. But I'm fairly confident when we talk about the price per set that the data is going to be driving us the right way. Things like Game Boy, when we talk about box Game Boy games that never sale, sell, we could have larger disparities because one sell of like a very rare game could totally spike the price in a different direction, depending on the want and need in the community at the time. But something like PS Vita, there's just stuff where they don't have enough data collected for some of the some of the things. So they're just, just gaps. In fact, as my example, for Game Boy Advance, out of the one thousand and nineteen games in that series, and that's their their rough estimate, uh that I'm not I don't have a list in front of me that confirms that's one hundred percent accurate. There are three hundred and eleven games that don't have complete game sale data. So what do we do? We just, and I don't know what their assumptions are. And this is part of the problem with all of these sites is they don't tell you what their assumptions are, but they tell you like, oh, the complete value of this set is X, but you have 300 games that don't have any value in there. Tyler, what am I supposed to do with that? I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Cause you can, you can look through any of these lists and you'll see, you know, if you're going through that Game Boy Advance set, you'll find, you know, a Ninja 5.0 sale that was boxed with no manual and it got put under complete. And you're like, oh, this shouldn't really be counting towards any of this data, but it's here. And uh, another big thing that, that's going on in all this data is that they only track auctions, not buy it nows. And that really skews the, the top end of a lot of this stuff. 
Uh, I'm collecting Odyssey right now, Odyssey 2. And probably the three or four rarest Odyssey games, they just don't come up at auction. People just throw ridiculous buy-it-now prices until eventually someone will just buy it now. So none of that is factored into any of the Odyssey prices, and I'm sure the same thing happens on all the other systems. I'm curious, where did you read that they don't do buy-it-nows? I honestly don't know if I read that or if I just figured it out when I was trying to figure out why all of their prices were wrong. I'm like, what? I bought this, and this isn't showing up here. And then I realized that it's they only want open auctions because they figure they figure that's the more market price of the game. It's not just what one guy just randomly decided to be crazy and buy it now. Yeah, I agree with that to a point, but something on like Nintendo where things sell at a, a buy it now at a very heavy rate, I feel like maybe that should be collected. And maybe that's where um, the other site that I won't ever say correctly does it, I, because there's always a disparity in their prices too. That's the other thing. You can't look between one and the other to get the prices. Normally, when I do a large data set like this, I take both of their roundup and then I do blended data and find an average in between them because you can find uh, complete sales and they'll say, this game is worth $100 and another site will have it at 15 So I, I try to, to work that out, but we didn't do that here. We're just strictly going with what Game Value Now said just so we can have a discussion of what what the most and least expensive systems to collect for are. All right. Have we added enough caveats to this data? I think so. Are people going to trust us now? I Well, no, but let, let's go ahead and tell them. You go ahead and tell them what I think should be the most obvious set in the world to know is the most expensive. All right. The most expensive full set of games to collect, and we're using full set in the United States set of games that's on game value now. It's yeah. the Neo Geo AES. Yep. What a surprise. Yeah, n- no no big shock there. Run us through this data. Tell us the number of games, how much it is for a complete set. Also, this is a weird one where they don't consider them loose ever. And I don't know enough about Neo Geo to tell you uh, the ins and outs. We're just going with the data they gave us. And then tell us the most expensive, like the two most expensive games on it as well. And like the average price per game. AES, we've got 89 games on Game Value Now. This, again, Game Value Now data, there's probably one or two off. Uh, and the full set they're saying is worth $92,512. That is expensive. That is an average of $1,039 per game, which I'm sure varies incredibly wildly. And for this, we've got no loose data. And I, I think that's just because the AES community, they're, they're real hardcore and no one likes loose games, right? Everyone wants all that stuff complete. Yeah, that, you that's... tell me. I think I I don't hang out on Neo Geo. They're kind of weird. Don't hate us, Neo Geo. Yeah, I I don't. Those are waters I don't swim in. Hey, okay. I I had an AES for about like a year and then I sold it and said, nope, I'm done. I don't like fighting games, so thankfully I don't ever really have to buy an AES. Right. Uh, if I need a Neo Geo game, it'll be Metal Slug, and I'll just buy one of the thousand copies you can find on any other system. That's true. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what are the expensive games? Yeah, the two most expensive games on the AES, we got Neo Turf Masters, which has an estimated value of $10,000 because the last one sold for $9,999.99. And then we have Skate Winner for $6,950. Yeah, and I should say that, like, there's four other games that they listed that were in that $6,000 range, like, right there. So it's not just these two throwing off the top end value. It's like they're all just expensive. Let me cut in and say it's a huge shame Neo Turf Masters is the most expensive AES game. That game is fantastic. So anyone listening to this, go buy the $10 Neo Geo Pocket Color version. What What is Neo Turf Masters? 
It's a golf game. It's awesome. I mean, I'm not a Neo Geo fan, but those sports games get me some wind jammers, get me some turf masters. I'm all about that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into it, especially if it was golf. Pass. All right. Well, do you want to go on to the, the next set then? Yeah. Um, this one is your your favorite set, near and dear to your heart, and it is the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I, I broke this out. They did not, but I broke it out as both licensed and unlicensed. So either 764 games, rough estimate, or 677. The complete with all the unlicensed, they say, comes in at 81,726, while the licensed set would be more like 70,700. The average is still about $105 a game. The loose value, if you were going cart only on this, is for unlicensed is roughly 33,400, while it's about 26,100 for the licensed. Again, average loose cart comes in about $42. You know, what are you, what are you going to do there? The, <laughs> it's just how it is. Most expensive games. Let's, let's give you the shocking the shocking news. This does not include NWC gray or gold, so just don't worry about those. Those don't show up in the data. But it is stadium events and Flintstones too, and that does not matter uh, which way you slice it, licensed or unlicensed. These are your two most expensive. Send your hate mail about Myriad 6 and 1 to Johnny Ayuchi. Yep, uh, and all the other ridiculous, shitty, shitty unlicensed games that you're trying to justify. People are like, oh, you don't count them? No, I believe they exist. I believe they count. Or some people say, oh, there's no difference. There's there's oneness set. Don't don't split it up. I just don't have any nostalgia for that garbage stuff. It's the reason I collect Tengen games and not the other ones because those were like part of my childhood. Those were games I saw. I wanted to play Gauntlet. I didn't want to play Bible Adventures. Sorry. Bible Adventures is kind of cool. It's real ridiculous. A lot of the unlicensed games are real ridiculous. We can go into this debate later, but unlicensed games are real games and totally worth collecting. No, they're not. Blech. <laughs> Garbage. Let's play Death Race. All right. The The only unlicensed game I was really thrilled to get was Chiller. Yeah, Chiller's real cool. I think it's one of two games you could play with two zappers. There's no licensed games that let you play with two zappers. How cool is that? Yeah, but the NES version of Chiller is also a travesty compared to the arcade version of Chiller. Also true. Chiller is a weird fucking game that is just, there's a lot going on there. It's a lot to unpack if you actually sit down and look at what's going on in Chiller. Yeah. So anyways, check that out. Moving on, uh, why don't you tell us the next? I don't know why we did this. You yeah, this is ridiculous. I'm doing... Uh, you should have done this, and I should have done this one. But we're going to we're gonna stick to our guns here. Yep. Because number three is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, which has 723 games and comes in complete at $55,684. That is a phenomenal amount of money when I'm saying that out loud. But the average complete game there is uh, 77 bucks, which is exactly the same as Game Boy, right below it. And uh, the loose set is just $18,500 with an average loose game of $26. And uh, I've, been, I've been starting to collect some Super Nintendo games. I, I'm not going for the set yet. Man, you really feel that $26. I feel like when I was collecting NES, there were a lot of cheap games I could pick up here and there. Anything good on Super Nintendo seems real expensive. Oh, yeah. that It is anything good. And people are like, oh, yeah, you know, the thing I like about Super Nintendo compared to Genesis is the lack of sports titles, which is a bullshit statement because there are just a ton 
of awful sports games on the Super Nintendo. So I keep a a list of consoles that I'm thinking about collecting of their price versus rarity so I could pick up all the cheap uncommon games. And on Super Nintendo, it's just like a list of 100 bullshit sports titles. Yep. Yep, it's yeah, it's pretty garbagey. Anyways, uh, tell us the the surprising data about what the most expensive games are. If you're a, a hardcore Super Nintendo collector, you probably know this. Uh, yeah, very hardcore to know about Donkey Kong Competition Cart, which complete according to game value now is twenty eight hundred dollars and twenty eight hundred and seven dollars. And then number two is uh, the Exertainment Double Pack Mountain Bike Rally Speed Racer for twenty four hundred twenty seven dollars. Yep, if you want to know more about that, one of my first podcasts was about this one and the shady pickup I did to get it. I and remember it, that. Yeah, it was roughly... Happy it worked out. Yeah, me too. I'm glad I wasn't chopped up and put in a gym bag. Send your hate mail about whether Donkey Kong Competition Card counts for the Super Nintendo set to collect this best podcast. Yeah, we don't actually have that email, but I should probably make it before someone does. <laughs> anyway, Donkey Kong Competition, does it count? Sure, why not? Is it? Is it a retail game? And here's where people will fight you. Is it or isn't it? Counts. Strict, strict, I, I say it counts, but I also say it's not a retail game. Because to be a retail game, and uh, I'll, I'll step up on my soapbox for a minute, and I'll say that a lot of people don't understand what the word retail means, and it has legal implications that sit behind it. Well, if you say something is a retail release, it, like, not necessarily legal, but there are like trade laws and binding laws in which something is released into the public and sold in stores. Nintendo subverted that when the way they released it because it was a promotional item that they then sold in their store, but it was not packaged with a proper barcode and, and sold and rated by the ESRB or anything like that. So let's... You heard it here, folks. Go through your Atari 2600 lists and all those mail order games, just cross them right off. Quad Run, who needs it? Well, the, the, the difference between like an official release and like a, re- like people say that like it's definitely an official release, but is it like they say, Oh, it was retail. Was it sold in a store? Yes, it was sold in a store. Then they're confusing it because they think, especially back then when Nintendo was selling it as a mail away promotion, that was, that was a different, a different thing. Anyways, yep. that, that, that's like really digging down the rabbit hole if you want to fight on, on specifics, which I like to do, but. Don't worry about it. It counts. Move on. <laughs> and if you and if you think it doesn't count, guess what? Fine, it doesn't count. Move on. You obviously aren't on Nintendo Age because there was a whole thread recently about full set fakers and people pretending they have a full set when they're actually discounting whatever they want to. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of moralistic types there who like to sit up on their their high horse and and tell other people how to collect. Yeah, cool. All right, before it turns into a Nintendo Age rant, Johnny, take us into I like number Nin- four. I like Nintendo Age, just by the way. But there are some people on there who, you know, like to bully people around about how they should collect. Just don't worry about what other people do. Stay in your lane. Enjoy your life. Post pictures either way. They're fun to look at. Yeah. And well, that's what Instagram's for, and that's why I'm there. Because I want to see sweet games, not argue about Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> I'm easily tricked, and I will argue about Donkey Kong Country. Uh, anyways, Game Boy is the next set. And there's roughly 504 games. It is about $38,600 or $700 to complete this set. But all of that, that data is not right. Because a box sale on this, if someone needs it, this could vary wildly. This is one I don't trust the data on. And Tyler is telling me that Game Boy is two words. And I always jam them together. And I know it's two words, but that's why I always capitalize boy. 
So a note, a note about that: when you're searching for Game Boy games, make sure you search for both, and there are people who listen under one and not the other, and then vice versa. So if you're looking for rare games, especially, you're gonna miss them if you don't look for both. You know, you can use a hyphen, and then it will find both. Really? Yep. All right. I always use parentheses and a comma. Yeah, you, you can do that, but you can also use the hyphen unless that isn't in, unless that makes you miss some. But I, I think that will correct your search. So there's like an eBay tip. Uh, yeah, I usually type. Game Boy. I usually type both when I'm looking for something very specifically, just to make sure one isn't missing it. But that's that's kind of the problem with these sites. It illustrates some of the fundamental problems with data collection for video games. Uh, you have issues like this. Anyways, thirty-eight thousand. I don't believe that number. Loose. I, I do believe the loose pricing, roughly five thousand four hundred nineteen dollars, coming in at about eleven dollars a game. They're loose. Seventy-seven, as Tyler said, was the complete one. But again, I wouldn't trust that data. Spud's Adventure, most expensive game, roughly $2,400. F1 pole position coming in behind it, second place at 1700 And I, I think you might see, like, the 3 through 5 or the 3 through 10 position shift around a lot depending on who needs what and what actually pops up just because stuff shows up so infrequently. That's what makes Game Boy so cool. There's no boxes and lots of people who want boxes. Yep, it, it is an awful, awfully hard system to uh, collect boxes for. Super hard. Uh, one of the hardest things, I think, to collect. But easy if you just want carts. Relatively. Would you agree to that? I have a full Game Boy set, and I agree that it was pretty easy. Except for finding Titus the Fox. Promise I'm not hyping Titus the Fox, but that game is hard as hell to find. Harder right. than me for F1 pole position. Alright. Okay, What what's our next system? Do you want to talk about this one? I think I said... you. You hate Atari. I don't I know do. why. Atari is 2600 specifically. 5200 and 7800 are terrible. But Atari 2600 is an awesome system. It's the Wild West. And it comes in at number five, which doesn't really make any sense. Because you can't collect a full set of Atari 2600 games. Because there's two, there's Gamma Attack. There's only one of them. And then there's a, I think there's two or three other games that have single digit copies that are known to exist. So according to our data, we've got 533 well, Atari don't, don't call it our data. Let's, I'm sorry, it's Game Value Now data. Yeah, well, what, I don't want to be responsible for this. That's true. And the full set is $27,135. And then that puts an average complete price at $51. The loose set is $14,071. And an average loose price of $26 for Atari 2600. That seems that has crazy. To be heavily skewed by the top end because the average Atari game is a dollar. Yeah, right. Exactly. Garbage time on that. I, I think the Atari data is actually so bad that you can just kind of cross that data off the list. One hundred percent true. So we're we gonna we're gonna just scrap Atari. You want to just give a the next one down? Or uh, yeah, the the one that I feel like approval? is yeah safer. And uh, the system I like a lot more anyways. Sega Genesis. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But my last note on Atari is that yeah. Gamma Attack, the guy who owns it, tried to sell it for $500,000, but he didn't get a buyer. But there's only one of them. So if we're going to say what the most expensive full set, if you actually want to get it is, it's Atari 2600. But didn't the guy who made Gamma Attack make repros? He did make repros. That guy who actually made it. So, so if you is that a repro? Forums, is that a repro if he made it himself? Man, it sounds like a variant re-release to me. I don't know. Yeah, it just sounds like a re-release, which re-release <laughs> counts, right, guys? Oh, man, I am waiting for Nintendo to remake Stadium Events and sell it for $200, because I will be all over that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, and then everyone will just tell you you're a faker, so don't worry about it. 
But hey, if you're in the mood, hurry up and pick up that $100 copy of Street Fighter quick that uh, Capcom re-released for the Super Nintendo. That is sold out. Did it sell out? It sold out in like a day. I think actually the Capcom store still has it, but the, like, whatever, the I Am 8-Bit site, that sold out like immediately. I was shocked. Oh, yeah, I I ignored it. I, I didn't buy it. Even as a Super Nintendo collector, I was like, mm, no thanks. $100? No, I am no thanks, so guys. proud of you for saying fuck that noise as someone who has a complete-in-box Super Nintendo set. It, it just... Yeah, I just don't care enough. And my wife was like, is it going to bother you later? And I was just like, man, they said it's going to catch fire. Like, what the... There's no Super Nintendo game. I was like, by the way, this ship might catch fire in your house. So that makes me think like it's like a really hacky repro. I want to see the wiring in it. Well, you won't have to worry about finding it because they sold 5,500 copies and there's going to be 5,500 copies that show up on eBay. So you're always going to be able to buy one. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I feel really bad about it and the price is $200 in like a year or whatever, I can I can suck up the $200 this one time and, you know, pay somebody off. But I, I don't that's not the plan. But when they start releasing one of these games every month, you're going to be like, no, everyone's getting sick of this. No one cares about this. Oh, man. Maybe Capcom could become the new limited run games. I, I think that's what they're aiming to do. For yeah. Super Nintendo, because yeah. I know people will pay it. You know, why? But why a hundred dollars? Just you, you, the game. You can buy a beautiful box copy of the original game for fifty. I think. Can you get? A, I think you can get a sealed one for a hundred. Not yeah. sure on that. Don't don't quote me game value now. But yeah, it's it's real crazy. Yeah, like this. The price point on that seems insane. Anyways, speaking of sixteen bit systems. Yeah, Sega Genesis. And Game Value Now didn't list Outback Joey, so start your fights now, whether you believe it or not. I count Outback Joey, you don't have to. I determined the complete value of Outback Joey at about $5,000. So I'm going to tell you the complete Genesis set will cost you roughly $24,000. Again, the middle of this set is pretty mushy as far as data goes. So if you don't believe in Outback Joey, just go ahead and drop that down to $19,000. Okay, so that's out of the way. The loose set will cost you roughly $9,000. The average price for a complete game is $34, which is not bad. Genesis is still relatively low in that department. The loose carts, $13. That's not too bad either. The complete loose set, as I said, $9,000, which is a pretty good entry point if you only, if you want loose, uh, especially since you can print box art if you want. You can make cool variants of all that. Not that you should try to make the official ones, but there's a lot of, people have done a lot of cool fan ones. Uh, better than the original. Everyone's going to go make their own box art for every single one of their games. They're not going to go to the video game cover art project site and download the official art. Well, people, but on video game project, there's also the all the fan arts that are there, which are really good. And on Sega 16, they used to have a whole thread full of like super good fan art, especially for um, book games that only came in cardboard boxes. So I can totally see people doing that. Because the cardboard box games on Genesis are garbage. Uh, not the games themselves, but the boxes are terrible. Yeah, no, totally there with you. And I hate that there's two different kinds of boxes on one system because that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Well, technically, there's like six different types of boxes for Genesis. Well, yeah, if, if, if you want to really you, specific. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get uh, crazy about it. Anyways, lots of people would assume that Musha is the most expensive game on the Genesis. It is not. And I, if you're not counting out back, Joey, it's still Crusader of Senti. Which they're saying is about 600 bucks, which is crazy that that game has gotten to that point. But it's a really good game. That sounds crazy to me. I, I honestly would have thought it was Musha. I always thought of that as like a $200 game, but I guess yeah. I'm very, very wrong. 
also this data could just be skewed by a couple. No, I think I'm just thinking back in the olden days. Well, I I got them for like, I I had two copies at one point. I got them for like $50 and this was five years ago, six years ago, maybe longer now. God, it's been a long time. And then they immediately went to like a hundred. So I wouldn't be super shocked if they were around 600 or 500, but Crusader of Senti is actually a really good game. You should, even if you just get a ROM and play it, that's, it's a good game. You should check that out. I'm actually, so I'm, I'm one of these physical media guys. I'm not, I'm not like you where I'll just buy every single game and then I'll just play a flashcard or something. So if I ever did want to play it, I'd buy it and then sell it. <laughs> that, that's crazy to me. What a waste of energy. Just play it. It's good. You, if you bought it, you just want to keep it because it is just an excellent title to keep in your collection. Oh, no, I know. I, I, I never sell any game that I don't have a double of. I am a huge hoarder. Also, the, uh, the box art for it is sweet. Too bad it's in a cardboard box only. I would not fault anyone for buying this game as cart only and then just printing off the cover. But try and get the manual if you can. There's also a sweet strategy guide for it if you can find it. Was the strategy guide packaged with the game? No, it was not. Oh, man. Sounds hard to find. It is hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I've got two. Nope, I only have one. I like strategy guides, uh, which is bad because I have just boxes of them and they should go away. So someone buy out all my strategy guides. I've got lots of them for RPGs. I had my Great Purge. I used to collect strat- I used to collect everything that wasn't nailed down until the Sega Pico. So I started collecting Sega Pico, and then I had this existential crisis of what am I doing with my life? And then I just took all those Pico games, all those stupid strategy guides that no one needs, and I just dumped them all at Goodwill, and it felt great. I, I bet that was very liberating. I uh, usually only buy strategy guides for RPGs. Because oh, okay. I, it makes me think of the classic NES era games where the the book was gigantic and it felt super cool to have like this really in depth instruction manual, and that's what kind of strategy guides became. So for RPGs, I find those really good. And Zelda, because I just I'm an idiot. So I mean, hey, it's Zelda. Yeah, a lot of a lot of idiots out there for Zelda. Yeah, I'm count me amongst them. All right. Uh, so anyways, that's your top five. We've got Neo Geo, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Game Boy, Atari, not really. I mean, yes, probably, definitely in the top five, but we don't number know one. exactly where. It's number one. Sega Genesis has to have a sale. A lowly number two. Has to have a sale because you could, you know, you could pick any weird game and just put a ten thousand dollar price tag on it and be like, nope, this is a ten thousand dollar game. Do it. Like I could put my Outback Joey up and complete and be like, there's fifty thousand dollars. Nothing. Yeah, but there's another Outback Joey out there. If there's only one, you have to buy it from him. That's the price. Yeah, but well, unless you get the repro from the original programmer guy. Never right. mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> not not repro. Licensed re-release. It's true. It's like Atari licensing. What is that? So there counts. is no such thing as Atari <laughs> licensing, which is the problem with Atari games and why I can't fathom just. It that that whole world is crazy. There there's nowhere there's nowhere to turn in in the Atari world other than arguments. It's arguments about everything. Anyways, uh, let's let's very quickly. We don't need to go into the what the most expensive games really are, but let's let's talk about the bottom systems. All right, bottom system we have with uh, real data here because there's a bunch of bottom systems that just don't have data. Yep. I think we're gonna go with the Odyssey two which only has 49 games, and we're calling that $742 complete, which is just 15 bucks average complete game, and a whopping $307 to own every single Odyssey 2 game at $6 a cart. You know, $742 for a complete set of 49 games seems really reasonable to me. 
Well, I'm trying to get there, and there's there's two or three that I just can't find. So good luck. Please don't buy Atlantis. I need Atlantis. I know saying that is just going to put more eyes on Atlantis, but yeah, that's sorry. the price I pay for being on a podcast. Yep, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna edit that either. You're, you're <laughs> that's that's all right. The games are they're cheap, right? I mean, what is it going to do? They're going to go three hundred dollars for an Odyssey two game? I think yeah. I have I have one Odyssey game, one Odyssey two game. And it's the RPG, and I don't remember what it's called, but it has a sweet box. Quest for the Rings? Yes, that's it. Oh, that's my favorite Odyssey 2 game. That game is real good. If you haven't had a chance to play it, it's a two-player kind of board game, video game hybrid. Yeah, that's when I saw it, I was like, this thing looks awesome. I'm buying this, even though it's for the Odyssey 2. Oh, man. Hey, Odyssey 2, it's it's real good. Uh, I don't, don't, don't discount it. It's more powerful than it seems, even though it's apparently super not powerful. I, I like that... They're saying, like, Power Lords 2 is the most expensive game for it, which is, like, $160, which is most of the value of that system. That is true. But, again, this is because they don't count the Buy It Nows. So the the two Imagic games are Demon Attack and Atlantis, and those are games that just they never come up for auction. There's just people with $100 Buy It Nows for them. So they're just fishing for someone to eventually be like, ugh, oh, spend $100 on this. So when's that going to be you? Uh, Probably when it's my last game. Because okay. there's also, there's like Killer Bees, which I think there's a $30 buy it now. I'm like, I'm not paying $30. Give me that 99 cent no reserve auction. No one's looking for this. I'm not a sucker, Johnny. I'm not a sucker. I'm not buying your stupid buy it now. Give me an auction. No one's going to put those up for auction. It'll happen. You have to find someone who doesn't know anything about selling video games to put those up for auction. No one cares about Odyssey 2. I mean, it's the che- it's literally the cheapest set there is. When you buy an Odyssey 2, if it doesn't come with 25 games, you're doing something wrong. Because but it's a, it's not, is it the lowest complete, average complete price? So it's like, it's more expensive than some other systems on average per complete game. Though those other systems have way more games than 49. Yeah, that's true. And I think, I think the, the Power Lords is pretty much like driving that up way too much. I've actually, one of my local game shops, they have, or the last time I was there, they had around 30 Odyssey 2 games, which is the majority of the set, and they were just a flat $5 for any of them. Oh, man. So you mean you could hook me up with most of the set for, for like, a couple hundred dollars? That's true. Sweet. If I want to do that to myself, I will I will call you. Man, Odyssey 2 is pretty good. Guys, I'll, I'll, write you, I'll probably write you an email. Inside joke. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways, what else is garbage and at the bottom? I don't know. Are we counting Laser Active? Because it has 11 games, and I feel like they don't sell very often. I would... See, Laser Active is a... I don't believe this price for Laser Active, though I don't have enough data about Laser Active, but I would pay $1,000 for a complete Laser Active set. Uh, that sounds right to me, because I've seen games sell for a bunch, I feel like. But, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like a lot of these prices, it's like, oh yeah, alright, if you want me to drop that, and boom, this full, beautiful set appears right in front of me, I'll do that. But it's a lot more work than that. Yeah, and in fact, like, let's just go, we don't even need to say the prices, like, on these. Like, Engage, it's like $1,200. Channel, Fairchild Channel F, which I did have a complete set of once, was like $1,200. Wait, hold on, is Fairchild Channel F the one with the bingo? Oh, it's the RCA Studio. Never yeah. Mind. No, this was the one where it was named, like, 1 through 6 and stuff, or 1 through 12, like, the first couple of carts. Yep. It was a weird system. I, I don't know why I had it, but I had one boxed and all the games complete. That was the first complete set I ever had, and I don't know why I had it and just got rid of it. I don't. I didn't I like. I mean, you had it because it was cheap. You're like, well, I've I think got I two Fairchild games. Let me get all the Fairchild. No, games. I bought it. I think I bought it in a lot of Genesis games when I was early in collecting, and it just happened to all be in there. 
Oh, wow. And I sold it on eBay. I think I sold it for like $500 and was happy to get rid of it. Well, you got ripped off. It's worth 1200 uh, Well, now, but that was like in 2007 <laughs> or something. Wow. Probably hasn't gone up much in price. Virtual Boy, really coming in at the lowest. And all of the prices being driven by Jack Brothers. Like, Virtual Boy is like $1,300. Jack Brothers is 500 of it. Waterworld's like 150 Tetris is like 100 And the rest of those games are just pretty blah. I'm kind of shocked that Engage is lower than Virtual Boy when it has 54 games. I figured there's, there's probably not a ton of Engage games out there, and there's probably some weirdos that are like, I need to have every Engage game. There are people who are heavily into Engage. In fact, I have an Engage in like five games, and for a long time there was a game I was looking for. Uh, you're probably familiar with Catan, the board game. Oh, really? That's on Engage? I didn't even know that. I don't know if it's an actual game or if it was like a download or what, like a mobile game. But it said it released on that system, and I was like, man, uh, to have like a mobile Catan with me when I travel, I would do that. This was before it even released on uh, Xbox 360 and the Xbox Live Store. So before you had a smartphone that has Catan on it. Right, exactly. All right. So, yeah, I was super interested in that. Anyways, things like Neo Geo Pocket, but if we're talking about really what the bottom is, I'm a little bit confused on whether we should count Sega CDI, or not Sega CDI, uh, Philips CDI. They say that's like $1,800, and there's 104 games, but, like, really? And again, like, most of that is the Zelda games. Right. And Mario Hotel, don't forget Mario Hotel. But oh, Sega true. Sega 32X is kind of, like, where most collectors are actually at, where they're collecting for systems. Sega 32X, there's 36 games. It's roughly $2,200 for the system. Average price is, like, 61 bucks. Loose is, like, around $30, and the loose set can be had for about $1,000. With No Shock, Amazing Spider-Man being the expensive game, always has been. And then I was a little bit surprised that World Series Baseball featuring Deion Sanders was second, because I thought it was Pitfall, but I knew World Series Baseball kind of competed for that spot. So I thought those were one, two, and three. So don't trust that data. It could flip around. I've talked about this system heavily. Um, Why don't you tell them what it is, the next one that I think you can reasonably count. It is a much larger set than any of these other things that are at the bottom of the list. The Wii U, with 176 games coming in at under three thousand dollars, twenty nine, twenty eight. Yep. So seventeen bucks a game, which is fair. That's pretty good, especially for a very current system. Yeah, a lot of good Wii U games. A lot of kind of bad Wii U games, but all the Nintendo stuff is super solid. Now, I, I will say that this price, this twenty nine hundred does not include the $1,000 price tag on Hyrule Warriors Limited Edition. Oh, okay. You just took that out because people were like, oh, I don't count those. Those are variants. Well, it was, they only had a new one listed, and most people list it for new, but I, I know some that have sold for $1,000. So I put the $1,000 price tag because that feels about right to me. Okay. So that, that complete, if you were counting those, but you, to get a complete set, you don't need to buy this Limited Edition or the Mario Kart Limited Edition. So... You know, factor do you that want, in. Do you want to debate on whether New Super Mario Brothers U slash New Super Luigi U counts, or if it's just a variant? No, that that definitely counts. They, the the one where it's a different case. Yeah, like the difference between like Luigi U having its own green case. That's its own game because you can play it by itself. All right, what about Just Dance 2016 Gold? Is that its own game? Um, that one I'm a little fuzzy on. Oh man, because I I mean they have different SKUs. But that doesn't mean anything. They have different titles, which is like the bigger issue to me is that they have different titles. It could be the exact same game because you can't say, oh, well, it's the same game because then you would say Resident Evil and then all the Resident Evil like ports on other systems that that's the same game and it would 
and that doesn't really work. I just I just like throwing this out there because debating what counts as in a full set, not with other people, just in my own head, is something I love to do. Let me throw one more at you. Okay. Uh, by the way, I, I come down as gold being a different. Like you would need both of them to have the set. Okay. What about bayonetta? You can't get it alone. You just kind of need the bayonetta uh, oh, no, two you release need that Bay- has bayonetta in it. Yeah, you need bayonetta too, uh, with with the the two disc version, because there is a a Wii U version of Bayonetta one that's in there. So you, that's true. You know, if you don't have that in there, you don't have a complete set. Sorry guys. If you were, if you were, I I think everyone would agree with that. But if you're counting how many Wii U games are there, do you count Bayonetta as a separate Wii U game? If you're just going to give a count? Um, no, I I just. I put that, uh, I count like less the number of discs than more just like the game packages being 176 game packages that you, you buy. All right. Sorry for the tangent. I no, just love no. talking about that stuff. No, that's fine. That's, I mean, I think that's what people are here to kind of listen to that stuff about. So hopefully they aren't like, man, just get back to the hardcore numbers. Oh. <laughs> Tell us what else we can get a full set of for $3,000. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think we're pretty much done. Like that's the bottom. And then like Sega Master System is fairly low. And then you get into, like, if you talk about lowest price per game, you get into all the modern stuff, right? That's like all modern consoles, like Xbox, PS2, Xbox 360. What what do those come in roughly about per game complete? Uh, I think only, people only want these complete. But yeah, Xbox yeah. is at 8 bucks a game. GameCube is at $13 a game, which we were saying earlier seems a little low for a console. Everyone's like, oh, man, GameCube's more expensive than other stuff of that era. But yeah. Yeah. 13 bucks a game for GameCube. Compared to PS2, where's PS2? I feel like I'm scrolling up quite a bit here. PS2. Uh, $9 a game for PS2. Well, it has a million games. Yeah, because it's got like 1,800 games, so the price is high, but the cost per game is low. Yep. So like the aver- the lowest average cost per game is is like $8 and $9. And that's, so PS2 comes in at the very bottom of that. Xbox and PS2, to no one's surprise. Because those things are just everywhere. You can still buy those. They're pretty much bottom of the market for those games right now. And as far as any system that says loose with disc-based games, especially modern disc-based games, I don't know who the people are who are buying those. So, no one's buying yeah. loose disc vintage games either. Well, How many people no. are in the market for a disc-only KO Flying Squadron? I bet there's been one on eBay for probably two years because people need the case. Well, no, I, I mean, people buy Sega CD stuff disc-only. I've sold quite a few Sega CD games that were disc only. Is it to people who are just collecting the discs, or they need it to fix a broken disc? Or uh, I, I think it's a little bit of that, but I think people also print their sa- the cases because, especially oh, for yeah, Sega CD right. and Saturn, because those cases are so bad. Yep. You know, so people, I think people are more okay with that than something like PS2 games or even P- or no PS1 one's games. Just take your DVD case, Sega CD games for you know complete releases. It's just like, all right, you did this cool arts and crafts thing. I don't think anyone in Sega land is like trying to fool anyone with those. It's just those cases are, you can't get replacements for them. So what are you going to do? Eventually they're all going to turn into dust and you got to have a replacement. Yep. So no, no, no faulting anyone for that. Same with like Saturn and like the early PS1 cases. Oh man, they're the worst. The long box PS1 stuff. You think, are they the same exact thing? No, because there's three variants of those type of PS1 long box games. There's ones that are just like the Saturn cases. There's these like hard cardboard ones, and then there's these hard cardboard ones with uh, plastic underlay, and the cardboard is like rubber cemented onto the top of them. And nice. the minute they go into heat, they just all peel up. It's you'll 
If you have a nice PS1 long box set and you have those nice and mint, kudos to you. And how did you do it? Tell me. Because it seems impossible. It's print out DVD cases for your PS1 long box set. Yeah, kind of. That's what Johnny's uh, saying to you. No, I would say print out CD covers and keep it consistent with the CD cases. Or a lot of those games have um, jewel case versions. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. So just go for the jewel case version. But sometimes the jewel case version is more expensive. Yeah, uh, a lot. I want to pay that. A lot of times the jewel case version is more expensive. Oh man. So you know, pick and choose what you do. Life's hard. Life is hard. Uh, anyways, I think we've talked enough about the numbers. We will make this list available to anybody who wants it. Um, some other things to note is we have now a Facebook page. We are starting up a Facebook group. I'm still working out the kinks on all that stuff. So we'll get to see that and interact with you more. You'll be able to talk to Kat and I more directly through instant messages. Um, well, what we, about me? I'm, I'm here. I, I said you were before. I, didn't I say did Tyler? For, yeah, I thought I did. Listen back to it. I'm not going to. Uh, Tyler as well. You can talk to. So we're going to be on there. And while we love Instagram, sometimes chatting on Instagram is not the easiest. And we don't want to try and put ourselves and inject ourselves just into every forum. Uh, though we are, will hopefully have presences there. Um, but our Facebook group will hopefully, you know, you'll be able to communicate with other people who are into the show as well, or at least listen and hate us and just like to hate listen to us, which I'm, I'm good with. You can come in there. You can make a post about how much you hate me. I'm not even going to delete it. So yeah, speak your mind. And Johnny hasn't actually told me how many people listen to this podcast yet. So if there's more than 20 people there, I will be entirely shocked. Uh, that listen to the podcast? Yes. There are more than 20 people who listen to this podcast. Amazing. There are several hundred people who listen to this podcast. I was one of them. I probably yeah. still will be one of them, but I was one of them. Yeah. Um, no, we, we, our follower account grows. If anyone is curious about that stuff, yes, I'm always trying to grow the follower account and it does. And kind of finding out our exact statistics are hard because the way people listen to podcasts, if anyone is curious about this, is uh, not a culture of just downloading and listening every day, though, or every time a new release happens. That is the way some people do it, but some people only touch it once every two months, or they, they fall off for a month, and then suddenly I'll see the same person downloaded the last nine episodes and just powered through them. So I can see that. So our, our downloads are consistent. Like it, it wants, like we wound up getting a round number out. You can create averages and stuff, but we're doing okay. We're moving forward. I would like that number to grow. But that's that's not the most important thing to me. I do it because I like it, and hopefully the people who listen like it too. So, cool. I think that's enough about numbers. I want to get to the second part of the show. I know you're a- eager, because you tried um, to do it in your in your intro. I'm extremely eager. That's true. I did try to do it in that intro that we recorded, you know, two hours ago, but came out and everyone listened to it three weeks ago. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully it's only a week. So, you're right. It's only a week. Johnny? What have you bought recently? What have I bought? Man, no one has ever asked me that. I haven't bought anything. Uh, what? No, Cat's not on this show. Yeah, no, I, I bought I bought a bunch of... Uh, I've been buying some PlayStation games. I bought some, some bulk Xbox stuff. I've made some trades. I haven't bought anything super exciting that I haven't shown already on Instagram. But if you are dead curious about what I've bought, I will tell you. I bought Tokyo Beatdown, which I think is cool. Like, I bought some GBA games. I was on, like, a little mini GBA kick for a minute. Like, I bought Bookworm. I bought Gem Smashers. Those are, like, cool titles. I had went to a convention, so I got a bunch of PS1 games, so good stuff. 
I bought some DS games. That's kind of where I am. PS1, GBA, DS, and a little bit of Xbox. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. And I also bought Bloodborne, and I bring that up because that's also what I'm playing right now. Oh, how is, how's Bloodborne? I've heard it's easier than the Souls series. Is it directly related to the Souls series? I think it's just people compare it because people love comparing things to Dark Souls. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure on on that, but yeah, I like it so far. It The beginning, the instructions on the game aren't super solid. Um, the controls, I find, like the attack controls, I find pretty loose. I find the camera pretty loose. I enjoy the theme of it, and I don't hate it or anything yet. But I think it's a game that you need to kind of invest a few hours into really playing to to kind of get in the groove of it. Uh, so I've only been able to to play it in drips and draps. So I've played it for like maybe two hours total over like four sessions, which is not how I like to enjoy games. I like to... It seems like that's the kind of game that would be like the worst thing to do is just play it for a half hour at a time. Yeah, and it's it's not one of those types of games. But I wanted to, to get some play into it to see if I enjoyed the theme. Because a lot of times if I just don't like the theme or... If I hate the controls too much, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not overly invested in it. Especially, I paid $11 for it, so I'm not gonna beat myself up if I'm like, okay, done with this game. But no, I, I've, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I have found a few tough moments, but I, I get to the point where I find some of it is hard because the controls are a little sloppy, and maybe I'm just bad at the controls. I haven't figured out that that balance yet. Am I just bad at the controls, or are the controls just a little sloppy? That's so weird. I thought that the whole point of those games was that they have perfect controls and that once you master them, you're a god of that game. But honestly, I don't I don't play any of those games. So feel free to tell me I know nothing about Bloodborne or Dark Souls or any of that. Uh, You know, I don't know much about Dark Souls either. I played through the first one and it was fine. But this one, like, <laughs> you don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah, I, I played through one. Well, I mean, it was a long time ago it was when it first came out, too. So, I mean, that was years ago now. Uh, so it's not it's not like a game I went back and like played again or anything. I just played through it once and then was done. It's just like a, mo- a movie you watched once and don't remember everything about it. You're just like, oh yeah, I, I think I watched that. Okay. Anyways, I mean, you can, even though I invested way more time into that game, it, it was just a, a thing I did. Bloodborne, I, I just like, and I don't know, maybe I just need to get more in tune with the combat, but I find like the swings, the way they made the character like swing the weapon and stuff was, it's a little clumsy. I'm just like, why would you, like, you're a hunter, right? Like, you're supposed to be, like, the the conceit is that you're, like, trained to go do this stuff, but you just look like an idiot the way you, like, you fight and stuff. You're just like, why would you, if you're, if you're trained to do this, you look bad at your job. So, I guess I it's my job to figure out the controls and, and make that better. But, yeah, seems a little loose right now. But I like the theme, so I'm going to keep it going. All right. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in in a couple weeks whether I decided to, to bench it or not. Oh, I did play through Uncharted. Uh, the new Uncharted game, and I loved it. So, there's that I as do well. want to get around to that. Was it as movie-y as Uncharted 4? Yeah, it was great. Everything about it was great. Loved it. I have okay. no complaints. I have no complaints about that game. So, I, the more I talk about gameplay, the more our our listeners will get to know that I'm a more gameplay-focused guy, and I love Uncharted 1 and 2. I think 2 is definitely one of my favorite games of all time. And then great. Uncharted 4 just kind of is... it's it's over the cliff and it's really headed towards movies. Like there's a lot less gameplay in uncharted four and it's the kind of trend in gaming that has me playing more retro games. Okay. I mean, I, I agree. And I also think that uncharted two is the best of the series, but I, I think uncharted four, I'm more narrative driven than, than gameplay driven. That, that was kind of fine with me. 
Yep. Also, I love the length of these games. Like, it's the perfect length for me. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all, like, 10 hours. Yeah. So, people complain, like, oh, man, these games are too short. I'm like, have you played a Nintendo game? Oh, no, I love short games. I just, because games, they overstay their welcome. They just do, if your game is 50 hours long, it's because you're doing the same thing over and over. Right. I I mean, some are, I, I can get get away with it a little bit in RPGs, but if it's like a, like, who wants to play a 55-hour platformer? Oh, man, is, does that exist? No, oh, Super Mario Maker. That's a yeah. great game. Yeah, it's a great game. <laughs> do you want to play it for 55 hours? I don't. Yes. No. Well, no, I think I, I like I, the Mario games a lot more than you. Yeah, that that's probably I'm not questioning true. your love of Mario, but... No, I... Uh, yeah, so I can see that. But, like, uh, people play Call of Duty for hundreds of hours, and, I mean, but that's more about the competition, so... But it's all repetitive behavior. And people, you know, play fighting games the same kind of... They, it's just... That's like build, skill building, right? So you're trying to be good at a thing. So, that in that sense, like, I've played Diablo 2 for hundreds of hours. I, I know how to get into a single game, but if you're telling me that this game is 120 hours and I have to play all of that if I want any conclusion to my story, that, that stuff drives me nuts. Like, I won't even start a game like that. Oh, uh, yeah, I I can see that. Anyways, Uncharted, 15, 20 hours, or not even that, like 10 hours, and 7 to 10 hours, I think, is Uncharted, the last Uncharted. And that was fine with me. I was like, cool. Especially because it was only like 40 bucks. Yeah, in deal i'll get it when it's 20 bucks yeah and it, it will be 20 bucks eventually and it's worth it yeah that's what i love about popular triple a games they spend millions of dollars making it and then everyone buys it and sells it used yep which is i mean we could create a whole episode on why gamestop is the worst and not for the reasons you're thinking uh because they <laughs> are the worst because of everything they do but being a a used medium and robbing publishers of money is not something I totally love. And I, I have a love-hate relationship with any place that sells new games, like newer, like in, in-season games, like, uh, you know, Xbox 4 or Xbox One and PS4 being what I'm calling like in-season. Like if you sell those games used, that, that's bad for the publishers. I don't like that. I don't know. I've, I've bought used games my whole life. It's, it's going to be hard for me to hold that same opinion. Oh, no, no. As a kid, I never got a new game ever. Well, no. And I, look, I didn't, I, you've heard my childhood. I didn't get a lot of new stuff. But the point is, if you want AAA titles and you want people to make unique and interesting games, publishers don't have the money to take those risks, especially because suddenly, instead of them selling a copy of the game, because you sold it, you sold your, you paid 60 sold it for 30, GameStop sold it for, you know, 49 or 50. That $10, you know, like that was saved, that you saved, none of that money went to the publisher. If we all just bought that, that's that's one of the reasons I do look forward to new games going to a less physical medium. And that's why you see tons of indie games on, uh, you know, consoles and that are download only, because there's less risk in a download game. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's why we have to spend four times as much of it when we buy the limited run games release as we all do, oh, right? God, so let's we're, <laughs> we're going to have a limited run episodes. I've got several oh, notes to pick with those guys. Um, their bullshit model. Anyways, Tyler, what did you buy this week? I have purchased a lot because I bought a couple Japanese games, and I don't know if you guys are on eBay buying Japanese games a lot, but Yamatoko. I forgot the guy's name, but he sells just a ton of Japanese games and shipping for one is $14 and then it's $2 to add shipping on for the next game. So I wanted to buy Kid Dracula on the Famicom 
and I wanted Ninja Gaiden 3 on the Famicom. But once I go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, I'm spending $16 to ship two games, so I just go and I add 45 PC Engine games to my shopping cart just because like, oh, I'm getting a good deal. I got to save on that shipping. Uh, you've you've been tricked. Oh, I've got a complete like Japanese N64 coming to me now. I've got uh, so much Japanese crap that I just absolutely don't need now. Yeah, why did why did you do that? Look, I I feel like it's this weird urge that I need to save money on shipping because any money that goes to shipping is wasted. So if I'm gonna buy from Japan, I need to buy every game that I might think I will ever want. But if you buy like from Hit Japan and stuff, their shipping is relatively cheap. It's, weirdly, shipping from Japan to here isn't that much money. So the thing is, when you're buying from Hit Japan, their shipping's four dollars. That means you're competing with the normal people. But if you're buying like a dollar Famicom game that has $14 shipping, you're only competing basically with the other people who have pending orders with Yamatoko. That's true. So it, it usually get pretty cheap stuff, but when you order, you know, 75 games at a time, it, it's, uh, don't, don't ever order anything from Japan. Yeah. We should talk about uh, that theory a little bit and how to, how to minimize. Cause I do that too. Like when I plan out big, like PlayStation purchases or something or, or bulk purchases, how to how to get that shipping cost down like especially if you're completing sets like if you know you're going to be with one seller maximize that even if their game seems like oh it's like 50 cents more than someone else the saving on that shipping usually balances it out yep so anyways what are you playing uh this month i'm playing castlevania games so i started out with castlevania shockingly enough which i haven't played in a long time so i played through that which was a lot easier than i remembered it Maybe it's just that I'm getting better at video games, but I always remembered Castlevania being this ridiculous, inconquerable mountain. And then I just played it. I'm like, oh, there are a couple tough spots. Death and Dracula, basically. Well, yeah, death is hard. And uh, the area in level two with the Medusa heads. I I don't know. I never had a problem with the Medusa heads because Uh, like if you don't move, their pattern stays the same or it it doesn't change very much. It's just the jump. Like you always get that one blind jump and then the Medusa hits you and fall to your death. You're like, okay, cool. Thanks. Well, Hey, just get used to that noise. If you're playing Castlevania. Yeah. Look, I love Castlevania more than most series. I I love it a lot. Anyways, uh, you played through one. Did you play through two and three? Maybe I'm getting to those later this month because two is a lot longer than Castlevania one. Um, so I played through Rondo of Blood on the PC Engine for the first time because I've had that for a couple months now and I just haven't played it. Okay. So Rondo of Blood, cool game. Uh, people really overhype that game. It's a great game, but people are like, oh my god, it's the best Castlevania ever made. Uh, it's it's kind of too easy. And especially if you use Maria, who's... Have you ever played Rondo of Blood? Yeah, I have. Okay, yeah. So you get Maria, and if you use Maria and her stupid birds, like, you blow through everything. You don't even need power-ups. She's just ridiculous. So, I mean, great graphics, great music, great bosses, all that. It kind of feels like a remake of Castlevania 1, just because there's so much reference. So it was actually kind of cool playing those back-to-back. Okay, kind of like Super Castlevania. Feels like Castlevania 1 all over again. Yeah. So I'm playing Super Castlevania next, and then I'll I'll see how much time I have left in the month. It's actually for a, a forum thread on Game TZ. It's Castlevania month, so I'm going to try to play as many Castlevania games as I can. Okay, well, uh, just avoid Symphony of the Night, because that's the long one. That is the long one. I don't think I need to play that again, because I played that 10 years ago, which I think is relatively you, recent in no lifetime. <laughs> God, I, I play Symphony of the Night like every three years. Oh, man. I love Symphony of the Night. And yeah, you have to complete the inverted castle. 
Oh yeah, it doesn't count if you don't yeah. complete the inverted yeah. cast. I don't know. I don't even know why that's an argument people make. Get I out didn't of here. even know people seriously make that argument because I'm I'm totally one for like not uh not totally completing games. Like I didn't go back and I didn't beat every single level of Rondo of Blood and find all the bosses and all that. But I mean, you've, you got to beat the inverted castle to beat Symphony of the Night. That's yeah. just how it is. It's yeah. part of the game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're we're arguing on the same side here. Yeah. Did are you gonna try any of the DS games? I really liked the DS one that came out. That was part of the Castlevania Xbox series. It was like in that line. It was like a 2.5D game. What was oh, it man, Mirror of Fate? Yeah, Mirror of Fate. No, I don't even know what that one is. I'm I'm not a huge Castlevania fan, especially anything that's not one of the 2D side scrollers. Well, this one. That's what I'm saying. You should go check that one out because I think you would like it. It's it's 2D. Oh, okay. So like 2.5D. Is it yeah. like I move on a 2D plane? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I played Dawn of Sorrow before. That's that's yeah. the only DS one I played. That game's awesome. Yeah, Dawn of Sorrow is excellent. All the, in fact, all of the the DS games are excellent. And I actually really like the ones that were on Xbox as well. So I know a lot of people are down on those, but I, I like them. I like the story. And also the Castlevania. I'm not super into anime, but I enjoyed the anime on Netflix. Uh, I mean, everyone's raving about that. It's like... It feels like the first four episodes of a 16-episode show. So it's like, yeah, this was really good, but oh, didn't get anything out of it. I really needed to finish. Oh, yeah, but I mean, if you consider that was just a test, right? They did a tester. It worked out. Now they're going to make more. Cool. But yeah, it was definitely awesome. Anyways, that's what you're playing. That's what you bought. Anything else? Uh, man, I don't I don't think I have anything else today, Johnny. Okay, cool, because we went long. and We uh, went wow. super long. I found a I found a complete box the Neverhood on eBay for thirty five bucks and that's a game that I just thought I would never buy because people are like oh the Neverhood I want a hundred dollars for that and it was just sitting there as buy it now I'm like what is something wrong with this so I got that that's a game I used to play as a kid I'm really happy to have it awesome congrats all right that's it that's the end of the show we will catch you soon probably see you on a microcast Tyler tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at defaultgen, default G-E-N. And I'm also on Nintendo Age and GameTZ, same name. Okay. And you know where to find me. I'm Johnny underscore I-U-C-C-I. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry we went a little long and numbery on this episode. We'll get, uh, you know, we like to bring information and then fun and then more information. So that's hopefully the pattern. Anyways, we'll talk to you again soon. See ya!